Broadcasting live from the Wellness Wonderland, you're listening to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm Katie, and each week I chat with the most inspirational people on the planet on how to stay inspired in all areas of life. As you listen, feel free to tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, or use the hashtag Wellness Wonderland. I'd love to hear your aha moments. So grab your headphones and listen on the go, or cuddle up with a notebook as we dive in deep with authentic conversations right here in Wonderland. Welcome back to the Wellness Wonderland Radio, everybody. I am so excited because Michael Gavin is in Wonderland. Michael is a super cool guy and a successful young entrepreneur who recently launched an inspirational YouTube channel. Michael has been widely recognized for his filmmaking talent and innovation in the video industry and has even received various awards and honors. But what really inspires me about Michael is his passion for inspiring others. He's a powerful example and super passionate about teaching what he's learned, and he's determined to help others achieve greater success and live by his most important standard of living, which I love, which is to wake up every morning doing the thing you love to do. So thank you so much for being here, Michael, and chatting with me. Thank you. I truly appreciate it. That was an amazing intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. meant every word. Thank so you. let's dive in, and I want to know, did you always know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Uh, you know, that's kind of funny because on, on some degree, you know, I never knew – entrepreneur but in the in the sense of you know what that word really means yeah when we moved into my house that i lived in most of my life at the age of about i think 6 or 7 there was a football field that actually overlooked our like backyard and the opposing teams um was backed up right up to our fence and my parents always told me that i wanted to like cut a hole in the fence and like sell you know hot dogs and soda to the opposing team <laughs> I never got to do that, but uh, yeah, so that was one of my early endeavors, and I wanted to do like a, um, a car wash. I wanted to have that, a little detailing business, and that was still only at the age of probably like you know nine or ten. And um, but the big thing, I started a paper out, which you know I'm, I'm super pumped because after seeing a lot of super successful um, you know entrepreneurs and people out there that I. I'm inspired by. I see that a lot of them had paper outs, so I, I you know, I think that that's a, a good right sign. passage, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I had a paper out, and then I had that for about eight years, and then I actually had a candy machine business in high school, um, which was kind of funny because I didn't tell anybody in my school that I had the machines that were in the high school because I, for some reason, thought that they wouldn't necessarily want to give me money if they <laughs> thought that people didn't like me. But I was just like, you know what, if they just think it's normal candy machines over there, they'll still pump more money into it than if they think it's one of their fellow students. And so uh, so I had that. And then, and then I started my whole little endeavor with video. Actually, as a junior in high school, uh, my dad actually works at a cemetery. And so the you know, dealing with all that. And we actually, you know, if I backward, go backwards just for a second, we actually, uh, we made these little movies and everything. One called my dad's gone nuts and one stinky socks stolen and another one called the vault. And so we, we dabbled in video and we had, we had fun with that. But then, um, the guy who ran one of the funeral homes said, you guys do some stuff with video, don't you? I, I saw one of your movies, you know, would you guys be able to make these, these slideshows, these memorial slideshows for when someone passes away? 
And so I, I had actually done one for my one of my relatives um, a month or two earlier. And I started doing that as a junior in high school. And then from there, I was filming school plays. I filmed my first wedding uh, as a senior. And uh, I can go on and on, but things kind of really started from there. So, Yeah, that's awesome. So what do you love most about the video industry and editing and shooting video? Why, why was that appealing to you? I know you kind of just kind of happened into it, but once you started going in it, why did you want to stay in that field? Um, you know, well, it's funny how, it's funny how things go and, and the journeys that we take because when I originally kind of took it on as a, as a business, um, I actually didn't apply to any colleges or anything in, in high school. <laughs> I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And um, much like many people out there, we have a hard time figuring out exactly what we want to kind of focus on. You know, and, and recently reading um, Pam Slim's book, uh, Body of Work, you know, kind of it's the multi-passionate entrepreneur is what I, I uh, fit into that category. And so I wanted to go to – I did – was thinking about going to school for kinesiology and becoming a personal trainer. And, I mean, I was into everything. But when I was doing um, some of this video work, it was just kind of – for some reason, it just kind of felt right. And then when I graduated, um, I thought, you know what? Um, which a lot of people don't know. I don't think I said that in the Jonathan Fields interview um, that you found me from. But, um, you know, I actually cleaned – my mom cleans houses, and I actually quit one job that I had and went and started helping her clean houses. And I said, you know what? I had made $4,000 as a junior. I made $8,000 as a senior doing kind of video stuff. And I thought, well, if I can keep this trend going, maybe I'll make $16,000 this next year, but I wanted to have time to be able to kind of focus on it. And I still lived at home and, and all that, but I basically, I helped my mom um, clean houses for a little over a year. And so in 2005, I graduated. And in May of 2006, I, I launched what was called Deb's Total Video. And originally I kind of launched it in thinking, well, this, like I said, hopefully I can double, which would have been great first year out of high school. And, um, you know, that would have worked out well, like I said, because I lived at home and all this. But I started it because we actually wanted to make more of these movies. And so I thought, well, this is kind of fit. I'm, I'm, I'll be able to hopefully buy more of the gear that we need. I'll have, oh, wait, as much as most of us think, I'll have enormous amounts of time to work on the, the movies because I'll just do this video stuff on the side and it'll make me the money that I need and I'll have the gear that I'll need and I'll learn you know, more to help make these, these movies and make them better. Well, what's funny, um, or however you want to look at it, is we really didn't do much more with the movies from that point forward. And as I progressed, I actually kind of learned that I necess- didn't necessarily um, want to do the movies anymore. Um, you know, I really enjoyed doing it with my my family, but I, I saw like a different, whole different world that I didn't really know existed. And, you know, the movies sometimes were like, you know, you work for, well, it can be weeks at a time, 15 hours a day and, and all this kind of stuff. And I just didn't really, once I did, well, stay with me, I'm a little all over the place sometimes, but once I did my first wedding where I did a same day edit, which is what I became known for. And I got this like instant gratification, like literally, you know, I'm shooting that day and I showed a video that night at the wedding and I surprised the couple and they went crazy and they had never seen anything like that. 
And that gave me a bug that has stayed with me forever now. And um, just that instant gratification of being able to see people cry and laugh and just be so happy was just awesome. And the movies were such this process that, you know, it could be months upon months of working on this thing before we'd ever get to bring it out. And then, you know, at that point in time, it was still kind of, we, we would have these little movie showings and, um, you know, we, we got people to show up, but it was still, um, it was such a process and I didn't actually necessarily enjoy, I think the entire process. So, um, I don't know. It's a crazy thing, yeah. but yeah. So, it's really interesting to see, you know, kind of in the transition to everyone, you know, I, I talk with in this space that, you know, every little thing happens for a reason, yes. right? You know, and every part of your path is something to be grateful for because it got you to where you are. So it's really cool to see, you know, if you maybe if one little thing had been different, you wouldn't be speaking on success and inspiring people because you wouldn't have built your business, right? You know, maybe if your dad hadn't had that experience and connection with um, the cemetery, you wouldn't have started to make video. And if you hadn't started to make videos for people, you wouldn't have started your own business. And, you know, maybe you would have. Maybe you would have been selling hot dogs or something. But, (laughs) you know, you maybe wouldn't have taken it to the – area of the success that you would have been able to create for yourself to create the freedom to be able to do what you do now. So I would love to know, thinking back to all the success that you were able to create as an entrepreneur and making money for yourself and being able to support yourself, Mm -hmm. what was the most important mindset to get you where you got in your industry? Well, you know, I did I actually one of my videos on my channel, um, I did about this because there was a guy in 2006 who reached out to me and I've become really good friends with. And he pointed out to me not too long ago that he remembered that when I started, I had, um, you know, I was 19 years old when I started my company. And like I said, didn't go to college or anything like that. And so my mindset, and I didn't know about Tony Robbins or really personal development or any of these people who have inspired me at all at that point in time. So for me, you know, my mindset was, I mean, I've always kind of, I guess, been a a go-getter, but at the same time, I still had a little bit of that self-talk and that self-doubt of like, well, why would people want to hire me? I'm too young, I'm too this, you know, and the list goes on and on that a lot of us do, but that can happen at any point in life, you know, I'm too old now, I'm too middle-aged, I'm too whatever, you know, and there's so many excuses, but the biggest, biggest shift did come when, like I said in the video, I didn't change, like, my appearance or any of these other things that, you know, I was saying when I was supposedly too young, I still look about the same as a whole as I did when I was 19. But what did happen is I did change my mindset. And I I basically had that confidence. I do believe in myself. I do know that I can do anything like all those different things. And after getting to deal with a lot of high performers and getting to be around people like Richard Branson and Tony Robbins and on Richard Branson's Island, when I was filming there recently, I was with all these high performing tennis players. I mean, number one in the world, you know, Novak Djokovic or the Bryan brothers in the doubles and getting to see them and then getting to see other actual tennis players who are maybe you know, in the 50th ranks or, or and somewhere in that range and actually literally seeing that the guy who was, you know, in the, well, it's called 50s, 60s, in that range, whatever, and him having excuses, well, I'm too short, I'm too this, I'm too that, of why he couldn't really get beyond 
where he was right now. And yet seeing someone like Novak saying, I knew I was going to be number one. I didn't know when, but I knew it. You know, and just this, some could call it arrogance, but it's just this confidence. And you just know, you don't know when, but you just know that it's going to happen and you believe it. And and I, I think, I, I truly know that that's the biggest difference between me of now and me of 19 is just that confidence and that belief that I know that I can do it. And and when you talk to people, I was just talking to somebody yesterday, I mean, you know, uh, desperation does not get us very far. Like people can right. sense when you're desperate for work, yeah. when you're, you know, so yeah, confidence is, is a powerful, pow- powerful thing. So having that confidence is really, um, has really helped elevate my business and elevate everything that I've done. So Oh, for sure. I think that's an awesome takeaway for people. And, and just like you said, you know, people can sense it a mile away. You yeah, know? absolutely. I love that. So why did you want to make the transition in your career to speaking about success? And maybe you could talk a little bit about how you define success now. Yeah, well, you know, for me, it's interesting. And I see a lot of, again, as I, as I you know, keep building all these relationships and, and just having the most awesome network of people in my life ever. It's just incredible. And you see that a lot of them seem to reach certain levels where they, you know, I call it kind of pinnacles where they've reached these just certain points where they've achieved so much awesomeness in their business that now it's, it's maybe difficult for them to keep reaching in that specific space, those pinnacles. So now they want to give back and however that looks. Um, and it's done in a lot of different ways. But so for me, I've kind of reinvented myself a number of times in the video industry. And so it just kind of reached a point. It was actually about, it's funny because it was about, um, I think 2011 that I started really getting this bug a little bit inside of me. I spoke at some little video conferences and it just, I, I just started to want to, give back. But I kept kind of still pursuing video pretty hardcore. But then this, you know, there was this thing inside of me I could not let go of, of wanting to inspire, educate, and just empower others to reach their goals and their dreams and their aspirations. And so once I started doing it with just some, some friends, and them having this just awesome success and getting to see them go from, I wish I could do this to they're now doing it. And now they're crushing it. Like it just really lit me up. And so and success for me, and what's funny, there'll be some of these things that you bring up. I actually, you know, I have videos that I've kind of done on these on these topics. Right. And so for success, like some have these really difficult um rules in place to achieve quote unquote success. So they're not successful. Let's let's take maybe a college student. You know, so they're in college right now, and they may see themselves as not successful until you know they get out of college. But then they've got school loans, so they want to get the school loans pay- paid off, and then hopefully they get a job. And then when they get the job, they'll start paying the school loans off. And then after they've gotten the school loans paid off, maybe then they're successful. But by that point in time, they've created all these other things that have happened. And they're and so too they just, old, blah, blah, blah. Right, so this goes on and on. And so right. you see that a lot is that success is always some destination that they have to hit. But there's so many things yes. to hit that. And then once they hit it, then they're not happy and you keep moving. So, you know, as cliche as it is. The when I haves, right? The when I have. So as cliche as it seems, like truly it, I've made it about the journey. 
you know, and about just yep. the little wins every single day. And by making your your rules simpler and easier to maybe win or achieve, you'll build momentum. And, 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 and it becomes so much more fun when it is about the journey and not just some about destination. So because what people do is they make this rule as I'm a failure until I've hit that. And, and well, if you're thinking you're a failure every day, it's going to be hard to keep achieving. And so I just make it where it's easy for me to achieve. It's easy for me to keep moving forward and keep um, you know, building on those little wins every day. So that I can have the big wins that really they don't come all the time. And I think that's what some people can look up to people that they look up to. And they get discouraged because they see these big things that they've achieved. But, you know, I, I also talk about like overnight success. And it's funny how so many of us don't get considered to be an overnight success, quote unquote, until something big has happened. And some people may never have anything super big ever happen, but that doesn't mean that they're not successful. That doesn't mean that they're a failure. You need to define what success means to you personally. But, you know, you just um, – the overnight success isn't – it's a myth because really unless you have some big win, like, you know, I've had the Tony Robbins and the Richard Branson and some of these things – but guess what? Those are like one massive thing that might happen in the year along with all these other little things that happen. But nobody cares about any of that. So if I didn't have the Tony Robbins, though, per se, or, or Richard Branson or some of these other things that have had happen, like people might not have taken notice. And that's, I, that's the things I see happen in a lot of people. They all of a sudden have something like if it's a um, um, like a, not an entertainer, an actor or something that all of a sudden has a big blockbuster movie. But he's been making movies for 15 years and nobody cared. And so it's like, do you have what it takes to do – well, not what it takes, but do you have the passion? Have you found that thing that you love that it doesn't matter if you ever have that huge thing that happens? You just love the whole process of what you're doing. And um, so that's, that's the thing for me. And I find that if for too long I'm not liking what I'm doing – I think this is something from Steve Jobs – but. Um, others may have said it, but I truly believe it. If you find yourself too many days in a row not liking what you're doing, you should find a way to start getting out of that or, or yeah. changing it or shifting. So, Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't agree with more with everything you're saying. And it reminds me um, of Danielle Laporte's The Desire Map a little bit and uh -huh. really focusing on how you want to feel, right? Because sometimes yes. we... We miss the you miss the goal, or maybe you achieve the goal and you're still kind of uninspired, or you far exceed the goal and you're still, eh, <laughs> you know. So it's like really yes. focusing on how you want to feel now, yes. and not when you have the new car, the new job, or whatever it is that your goal is, and just feel that way along the journey. And I think that really Absolutely. speaks to what you're saying. And absolutely, I couldn't agree more. So I want to talk a little bit about video and your your. YouTube channel is amazing, and oh. you're inspiring people all the time. We'll put all the links below so everybody can, can check you out there. But um, I would love to know what advice you have for people who want to build a presence on YouTube and how people can do good work and build a bit of a following and, and really take a stand in well, that platform. I've done a lot of research and a lot of uh, – uh, hustle on that and uh, I've been working with different people and you know I followed a lot of different people and so I, I definitely can talk on that for a second so um, what I found for me personally is you know I 
you know, I, I truly believe that, you, you know, there's certain things where maybe you can cut some corners or you can do this or that to, to help, you know, really expedite things, right? But then there's also that, that um, good old Gary uh, Vaynerchuk way of hustle, 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 you know? And for me personally, when I started, I hustled my ass off, <laughs> honestly, like really hardcore. So I started... Uh, in September of 2000, well, just last year, last September on my birthday. And I mean, up until, and not that I'm not hustling anymore, but I have put a little bit of focus into some other things now, but really from September to probably December, like that was where a lot of my energy and focus and effort was put on like a daily basis. And I'm a big believer just to tie into anything you're doing in life, where your focus goes, a whole bunch of other things flow like that couldn't be more true like if your focus is on 9500 different things and you're all you're giving them all 2% effort like you're never going to see massive results like you've got to give something you know 100% effort at some point in time and so that's what I was doing and literally when I started I mean I was um, I was private messaging people like crazy on my on my Facebook page I was text messaging people I was emailing people um, I was messaging people on YouTube and I was also, you know, leaving comments on videos. I mean, just everywhere that I could put the channel I was, but something else that I found, I did a video on this too, was like, I'll use LinkedIn for example. So me personally with the channel I, right now, I mean, there's nothing for sale. There's nothing to I'm selling or anything like that. And from getting all these amazing messages, I know that it's impacting people. So I learned from somebody that I kind of put in my head, if, if you're not getting that in front of people, you're disservicing those who, like by being afraid yeah. to promote, by being afraid to do all those things or reach out, you're disservicing all those that could benefit from your message. And yeah. so like I was messaging people on LinkedIn and I was saying, you know, oh, you know, we don't reach out enough to just say, you know, hello or wish somebody to have a great day or whatever. But then I had this P.S., Yes, just if you want to know what I'm doing, I've, I've got this inspirational channel, blah, 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 and um, you know, love for you to check it out. I mean, that was it. There was nothing for sale, but this guy happened to message me, and he said, he goes, that's great. You know, I, I see where you're coming from, but as soon as I saw the PS, I lost all, um, I don't know, all credibility, all whatever for what you were saying, because I saw the true meaning. You didn't care about you know, me, you didn't care about wishing me a nice day or anything. You just wanted to get me to your site. And ultimately, he was thinking to sell me something to whatever, right? And of course, me, I'm going, no, that's not what I wanted to do at all. I was just wanted to, you know, I just wanted to get it out there and just inspire people. I'm not trying to sell anything. And I know a lot of us are just being sold to all the time. So it's funny. I actually, as it was kind of like a mass message on LinkedIn from the people I've connected with, but I only sent half this initial message. So the next half, that exact morning, the day I actually recorded the video I ended up doing, I sent out the next half. And the only thing I changed was the PS, and I took it out. So literally now my message was just, hello, you know, just wanted to say, you know, have a great week, whatever. Very simple. And I had, now the last time over the course of a week, I maybe got maybe 10 replies over the course of an entire week. And I sent the exact same amount of people, it might have been, um, we'll call it 250 and 250. So the first 250 a week, I only got 10. 
Within an hour and a half, I had already had like 20 or 25 people message me saying, oh, that was so kind. That was this. That was that. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I'd love to do. I looked at your page. I'd love to do lunch. And like I got all these messages and they kept trickling in. I think I ended up with about 50 different responses to that message this time around. And I started applying that everywhere that I was messaging people. So instead of adding in, like trying to be a little personal, obviously, but then, you know, ultimately putting it there on the first message, I realized I had to be even a little bit more patient and just send out messages where they had nothing to do with looking at my channel at all. And what I so good. I love this. (laughs) So what I found was, is people actually were then curious about who I was. And then guess what? They go, oh, well, that was really nice. Well, what do you do? Now I have the opportunity to tell them whatever I want to do. And so that made a huge, huge shift. And I actually did a video that afternoon about that. And that's one of my videos I did and said, I got called out. And so it was just like, you know, sometimes when people call us out, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, the um, trolls, if you will, that don't care about anybody um, and just trying to be mean. But other times, you know, it's it's constructive criticism. It can be very helpful. And that I actually applied and it made a massive shift in my life. And had I not been open to that, it was just like, no, 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 I'm just trying to be, you know, I'm just trying to help people. So this yeah, is just one guy. yeah. Because some people, I will add for you, anybody listening out there, when I brought it up in my video, I had people message me who knew me. They go, I didn't think that at all. And what was interesting is the people who knew me, of course, knew my intentions, so thought nothing negative of me. But what the interesting point is, you've got to realize people who don't know you are going to automatically go to the, you're trying to just sell me, you don't care about me, you know, all the negative things as opposed to you're just trying to help or you're just trying to give or you're just trying to provide value or whatever. And so, um, so yeah, there's that. I'll, I'll go on for here just a second. I, I could be long-winded at times, so cut me off if you... No, <laughs> if it's good. Riff, totally. So, the other thing that I found very interesting is um, there, it's a community, Okay, and obviously that's that's very uh, cliche. I guess it's a community, duh. But when people are thinking about it, you've got to. I've found that it's vitally important if you want to gain subscribers to connect within YouTube. And what I mean by that is, you'll see there's a Dove campaign. You've probably maybe seen that video. There was the uh, the Dove Real sketches or yeah. something that right so that's got like 60 million views and there's a they have i think a couple hundred videos on their channel dub does and they have um, other videos i think with a few million views and whatnot but they still only have like i think twenty seven thousand. don't quote me on this i haven't looked at it in a few weeks but i think it's like 20 or thirty thousand. it's not a i mean well relatively speaking i guess depending on who you are that could be a lot but in the scheme of that they have 60 million views on one video and they still have only garnered up you know 27,000 subscribers is very interesting to me because I found another channel that was called Give Back Films. And, it, and you guys should check it out. It's uh, They're doing some, some fun things. But uh, I found them when they had their very first video. Their very first video was at about 500,000 views already. Number one video. Nothing else on their channel. They just started. And they were already at 75,000 subscribers with one video at 500,000 views. Now, fast forward to a few months later, and they're still only at, I don't know, 12 videos or something now. They're at about 275,000 subscribers. 
So why is it that a channel that only has about 12 videos on it has 275,000 subscribers and they're not even they're not even known? I mean, they're not a big brand. They're not I mean, there's nothing, you know, like Dove, you know, they spent hundreds of thousands if not millions on that video potentially and it, you know, it got the 60 million views, but yet they didn't get that many subscribers, but yet something like this gets a ton. And what I found, because I'm a digger and I would like to find things out and I love to build relationships and friendships and all those kinds of things, so I was able to connect with the people of the channel and they brought to me what I thought was the truth and this is from learning what I had already had learned and it's that they were actually friends with people on YouTube, some people who had very large channels as in three and four million subscribers on their channels. Well, what you'll find is when people comment or like your video there's a little tab that has like their activity right so all the four million subscribers saw it well not all whoever clicked the thing to see what that channel was doing or what videos they were commenting on or anything else would see oh they left a comment on give back films and so what happens is, and of course, they created a viral type of video to begin with. It was like um, giving hope or giving homeless people a hundred dollars. So that's all they did in the video: is give homeless people a hundred dollars, like five or six people. So it was a viral type of video. So at what point it did go viral, but it still also went viral within a community within YouTube because those people that were seeing it were already used to subscribing to channels, whereas Dove is getting seen on Mashable and Yahoo and every other site known to man that you could be public, but they're just getting views. They're not actually getting seen by people who subscribe to YouTube videos. And so that's what actually has even happened to me. So I'm a, I just reached actually 1,800 uh, a few days ago, and I would account maybe six or 700 of those subscribers were from people, um, two people who I actually well, one I had a connection with, but wasn't. I actually hadn't even put the videos in front of him. He might have seen them on my Facebook page, but he left a comment, and it had. He has about one hundred and fifty thousand subscribers on that video. The subscribers really spiked. The views spiked. That happened another time with a girl I have no affiliation with, and she has the same amount of subscribers. I also am friends with um, a good buddy of mine, whose wife has a very large channel, but he's acquired a pretty good chunk. Um, which you should definitely check him out. I have to give him a plug. You might even have him on the show. His name's Alex Icon. And yes, I love Mimi. I've been yes. like a fan of her forever. <laughs> yeah, so they're absolutely incredible uh, people. I've become really good friends with them. And Alex has left some comments on some of my videos. And those videos had spikes in views, had spikes in subscribers. Um, and so I account about, like I said, 700-ish subscribers to that happening. Now the rest... There might be trickles that I can't really account for from that, but arrest was a lot of hustle. I mean, every Wednesday, I only post one video a week. Every Wednesday, I will post it. And Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, typically anywhere from two to three times minimum, I will post across every network that I'm on. Facebook, YouTube, or I mean, I'm sorry, YouTube, I only just upload it. And then basically, I'll promote it on Facebook um, multiple times a day, Twitter multiple times a day, Pinterest I just loaded up once. I still haven't done much with Pinterest, but it, it's there. Uh, but Facebook and Twitter are probably my main. I get the majority of traffic from Facebook, and then I also do some stuff with LinkedIn. But I'm definitely not afraid. I've learned in this super fast ADD world 
that if you just post something on Wednesday when it goes live and then assume that every person I'm friends with on Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever has had an opportunity to see it, I've seen that far, 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 far from the truth. You can't be afraid that you're annoying people. You might be annoying some, but again, that idea that there might be people who only get on once a week, not many of them, but some, or in the evenings. I mean, there's so many variations. So that small, minute person who lives on it 24-7 that sees each of your posts, sure, they may be annoyed, but they also, I've found that some of them might have to see it six times before they freaking finally click on it. And then go watch it. And I can tell by other things I've done in the past, every time I post, views go up, subscribers go up, like all that stuff ha- goes up. So um, you just can't be afraid. If you, if you have something solid and it's helping people, don't be afraid to put it out there more than you know one single time. So mm-hmm. that's some. I can, go, I can go on. I have more. But I know, I know that uh, we could have this be a really long interview. So I want to make sure that uh, – Everything's valuable and helpful. So you, you let me know if you want more. Or well, you, I loved that, want- and I do want the rest of your advice for okay. sure. But okay. I want to move on and, and, and get to know you a little bit more. So um, I want to bring it back to you a little bit. I loved the YouTube advice personally, and I know it's going to help a lot of people listening too. And I'd love to go more in-depth with you. But right now I'd love to know okay. a little bit about your um, – relationship with your grandpa and how you measure success with him if you could just kind of tell that story a little bit yeah so that's actually um it's crazy because you know i wanted to be i I truly believe that my energy my enthusiasm my excitement um you know sometimes people see me they ask me what i'm quote unquote on or what i you know do i get drunk or do all these things i'm like i don't do i don't drink i you know none of that stuff and and the big part of it for me is my um my health like in regards to what i eat what i drink what i like i like to be active like you know typically if i'm on the phone i'm pacing all around my studio like nonstop and you know i ride my bike well, what had happened was uh, I was riding my bike a lot, and I had just started because this really – I got really serious about it. Um, I'll actually back go back just for a second um, just so people know. Um, I actually at one point in time was about 185. I wasn't really um, – because I had a period of my life where I neglected everybody. So a uh, typical entrepreneur, when I started my company and for – I don't know – uh, four or five years, maybe. I mean, I was pretty heads down, narrow focused, uh, avoiding all contact with friends, family, whomever. Just hustle, hustle, hustle. I, I really wouldn't suggest anybody do that. There are other ways. There truly are. I mean, yeah, I can, I can say yes, sir. There, like you said, everything happens for a reason. But at the same time, like I, I would never, I would never want to do that again and I would never wish that upon anybody and um, that's also one of my things I really try to impress upon people but anyways I got in 185 because I really wasn't very active there's a subway right down the street from me that literally if I go there now and when I do go there very often and a couple other places close to me I walk but I would not walk I had a I actually had a roommate and he would walk and like dude I'm not walking I'm, I'm driving the car I would not like every second every single second counted to me in regards to if I had to eat I would drive down there, I would come right back, and I would eat, you know, and I, that would be as much as I would get away. So I got up to about 185, and um, my ideal weight and where I'm at today is about 155, 150, somewhere in that range. Well, finally, believe it or not, as much as I love my family, 
my brother and my dad actually had given me a hard time and were joking with me and joking that I had these man boobs. And I had had enough. You know, some of us get to that point where we've either heard something too many times. Some of it drives us in a negative. I've always been driven in the positive direction. So for me, when people can tell me I can't do something or whatever, I don't let it, uh, you know, fuel me in the negative direction, which some do out there where it's like, oh, I guess I shouldn't do it or I shouldn't this or that. For me, I'm always fueled in the opposite. I want to prove the opposite. So for me, I'd heard it one too many times and not realizing that my weight and things had gotten out of control. And so then I finally said, enough's enough. I need to change. And so I started walking. I started, you know, I still was going to Subway. Instead of three cookies, a bag of chips, and a foot long with everything on it, I went down to, you know, no bag of chips and, and no uh, cookies and just a six inch and started working from, from there. And within, you know, like three or four months, I, I think I had lost like 10 or 15 pounds and I started to decrease. And so then I just started being active. Well, then flash forward to last year, um, all of 2012, it was January that I started walking with my grandpa. But right before that, I was actually, I'd never walked at the mall before because it was that year that I had started being more active and I was outside. Well, it started getting a little cold. <laughs> and as we just talked about earlier, it's cold in the wintertime where we're both located. I'm here in Illinois. And uh, so I was like, gosh, I need to do something because I, I can't you know, not be active at all. And I wanted to get out. I thought, you know what? Maybe I'll go to the mall. So I started walking to the mall. And unbeknownst to me, because actually my grandpa weren't, I can't say we were really were close because he would just come to the... Uh, family get-together stuff. I maybe saw him a few times a year and also even less except for as of recent a little bit because of my career I had actually missed a lot of family get-togethers from time to time because of my wedding business that I had had so a lot of Saturdays I did miss things and I started to shift that in a little round too but basically I went out to the mall and didn't know that he actually walked out at the mall every day Monday through Friday not Saturdays and Sundays and then we started walking together and um and then I started doing it every day and, you know, I just, we became really close and I started telling my dad, my dad things and my family and I started, they're like, I never even heard that. Like I started to learn all these stories and all these things that I had never heard before because really at the family get togethers, it was just, I, he would tell the kind of the same stories over and over and over again. And then I just started to probe and started to get all this other fun stuff out of it and, um, you know, there's one big thing that I've 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 said before from it that I've learned. Because um, one thing I did was ask him. I said two things. So one for regret. What is something that you've done in your lifetime that you regretted doing? You know, so many of us in the moment we might say, "Gosh, I hate that I did that," or "I hate that I did this," or "I shouldn't have done this," or "I shouldn't have done that." Right? Or then I asked him, "What is something that you?" did not do in life that you regretted not doing. Instantaneously, doesn't even flinch, nothing. He instantaneously had the one that he did not do. And that was that he never worked harder or never got his novels published that he's worked on. And then I asked him about the something that he did in life. You know, in times past, looking back, what is something that he remembered doing that he regretted doing? And he's he just kind of, you know, delayed, and he's like, well, I could probably really think about it, or I could get back to you. I'm like, no, 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 no. You instantly had the one of what you did not do, but you have to think about the one that you did do. So what I found really interesting, and even talking to a lot of other kind of older people, 
they don't regret the things they did in life. It all, as you alluded to, has gotten them to where they are today. And had you changed what you did, you wouldn't be where you are today. And we all, our choices, I mean, we are exactly where we need to be because we've made every choice typically to get us to where we are. And so, you know, he doesn't regret the things that he's done. He only regretted the things that he didn't do. And I think that that's a big thing for everyone out there listening is, you know, the only thing we're guaranteed is today and right now. And, you know, we can keep putting off and saying tomorrow or someday or in the future or 10 years from now. But the truth of the matter is we're only guaranteed right now. And yeah, I'm very optimistic. I'm a very positive guy. I try not to incorporate too much, you know, <laughs> pessimism. But the truth of the matter is, you aren't. You aren't guaranteed more than right now and today. So if there's things that you really want to do, like do them, start them. You know, whatever it is. I mean, be smart, but at the same time, like start. Just take that yeah, first yeah. step. And um, that's 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 why. I so I love that. I love that story, as you know, and. Um, the quote for me that's coming up is that great Yogi Bhajan quote where he says, when the time is on, you start and the pressure will be off. And Mm. it's so true, right? You know, it's like even when you're overwhelmed or you have a lot going on or a lot on your list, you know, but when you do that first thing, no matter how small it is or just, you know, if you have a blog post you need to write or a video or whatever, if you just take one action to getting started, you immediately feel release, right? Absolutely. Immediately feel better. And so I think that that's, that's also a great, great takeaway for this. And I just love that story with your grandpa because I think, you know, like you said, you were getting things from him that nobody had ever gotten before. And you, you weren't that close to them before. And, and it's hard, you know, at like family gatherings or right. know, just day-to-day stuff to really get to the juice, right? To really get to the authentic self. And you're right. able to have a conversation with your grandpa where you're being your full authentic self. He's being his authentic self. And that that's where the magic is, you know, so whether it's with your grandpa or whether it's with you know, a person on the street, like you can talk about the weather all day, but it's like (laughs) when you talk about real stuff, when you get to the real like juice of life of, you know, what makes you really think hard and feel uncomfortable? Like that's when you have fun, right? Like I got to interject for a second. Sorry. (laughs) I'm so, I'm so floored about this topic because there's something I want to, I want to add in and you're right. Is that, you know, the other thing is, is like that people need to think about, like I've, I've made it a ritual. I've made it a habit. Like my, I have a whole ritual and a whole habit that I've developed on a daily basis that when I don't do that, I am thrown off. And I think that it's, it, it's a morning ritual. You know, it is that getting up kind of early, eating healthy. I, I even sometimes will still, now I have a thing, so I, I can combat still um, the biking and <laughs> not doing it outside. So I have a little thing you can put the wheels on and ride inside. But I'll do that. I'll, you know, I have a healthy breakfast and then I go out and do the walk. And then by about 9 o'clock in the morning, I'm ready to rock and roll. And I've had that. And the other big thing is, you know, I'm very particular. I, I, you know, I'm, it's booked. It's solid. There's no, like, yeah. somebody wants to. Yeah, it's non-negotiable. Somebody wants to talk to me. I'm not available until after 9. That's booked off every day. But the other thing is, is, like, the phone is, you know, in the pocket or in the car. It never comes out the entire time we're talking. That's that fully present, you know, and being there and not just, like, walking around as he's speaking to me or whatever, right. with Facebook scrolling the feed, you know, or whatever. I mean, it is completely for those 45 minutes. And I will, I will say about ritual real quick. Like if for some reason I, something happens and I show up at like 840, 
he will leave at 8.45. Like, I will add that in what's so funny is because he is such on a schedule that, like, he won't stay longer to keep chatting it up or whatever. He'll leave still at 8.45. So, you know, typically gets there about 8, and that's when I always try to get there. But it's just, it's so interesting because that's that's how we are. We're very, you know, habitual about that. It's like we're on a schedule, and, you know, and we just, uh, we're very present with each other. And, you know, and, and our health is, is I, I feel great because of it, too, so... I love that, and and I don't know the question I always ask people um, who come on to the show is, what are your morning routines, and why are they so oh, crucial for success? And I didn't even have to ask you; just um, <laughs> you just explained it. I mean, it, it's it's perfect. And I mean, if there's anything else you want to add to it, but I mean, that's that's the thing. Starting your day in a positive way is really important to how the rest of your day goes, and like you said, can throw you right off. Yeah. No, when I don't have it, when I have to travel and stuff, it does, it does knock me for a loop. And, um, you know, and, and yeah. And there's one other thing I do do. I don't know if you have it. I, I have to plug him because he's, he's really given a lot to my life. And it's funny. I had it for almost a year before I started it. Um, but Alex has that five-minute journal. And uh, on January 1, I started using it. And it's got the, you know, the things in the morning and then the things in the evening. It don't, literally just takes you five minutes or less to do it. But, you know, he always tells you, you know, write down the things that you're grateful for. What things, what three things are you grateful for? And he says, you know, even put things down that haven't even happened yet or you don't even have. And it sounds so, I know some people out there, I'm sure most that listen to you right now have gotten to that point beyond some of that. But I know sometimes I like to come from a place of realizing that I realize that I was I didn't understand all the quote unquote frou frou and things you can talk about that sound a little crazy to some until you get it. But like, you know, gosh, it does make a difference. Like and it works. I, it yeah. does work. It's sound crazy, people, if if you think that right now, but if you just can give it a chance, it does. And I know where you're coming from and uh but it does. And I and I started doing it and it's crazy the things that have happened once I start you're just every day, you know, writing those things down and being grateful and, and just appreciative of, of all the things that I do have because we all have something to be grateful for. I know some people think that life is in the dumps right now, but you can still step back in the fact that I'm sure you still more than likely, as somebody joked recently, if you're listening to this puppy, more than likely you're, you've either got right. a phone or an internet connection or computer, which means you probably have a house and, you know, things aren't that bad. And right. so there are things to be grateful for, and that's important that you recognize those on a daily basis. So Yes, yes. I mean, abundance breeds abundance. And if you can be grateful for what you have, it creates more of what you want, and yes. it's just a cycle, and, and I love that. So another big question I have for you, um, in going back to, you know, the, the conversation piece and just why conversations in general, you know, just right now, just talking to you, it's it's awesome. Yeah. So so. Why is it, and you have a YouTube video about this, so I'd love for you to expand on it a bit. Yeah, but of course. Why is having tough conversations so important and important to not put them off? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's funny because up until about May or June of this year, I mean, some stuff had happened that I had to deal with, but also because of my relationships and the network that I'd build up and, and my friendships. Like those people helped me recognize that I had to have it unlike ever before because before I would – and I've talked about this before too. Too many times we want to bottle everything up and we don't want to tell anybody that we're struggling with something or we're afraid of something or whatever. So we don't talk about it and we just smooth it all over like life's grand, right? 
And so for me, I had avoided difficult conversations, confrontation, however you want to look at it, like the plague. I mean, literally up until last year in May or June, there were a lot, and the way I dealt with it was I always just ignored it. And some of those people, I mean, they're not in my life that I might have liked to still be in my life because I literally, I just, I had something I needed to talk about, but I would just avoid them entirely. Text messages, emails, phone calls, everything. As long as I wasn't going to have to see them, which most of them were in situations that unless by complete circumstance that I happen to run into them, I wouldn't see those people. So I could just avoid them. And that's what I did. And like, I had some things happen last year that I needed to confront. And based on my friendships, I talked to other people about the situation that I needed to talk about with someone else. And they just said, you need to stand strong for who you are. You know, before I would let people either walk all over me. I mean, there's so many negative things that, that come up when you avoid. And then I took that deep breath and I had it. And like everybody out there, like there is a weight that gets lifted off your shoulders when you do it. And, and the big thing to look at it to I, I, sometimes you have to associate negative and you will need to associate it in a different way though. And so for me, my, my negative that I put on it was more like, you know what, if I have this conversation and that person that I need to have it with isn't either understanding or they're difficult about it or, or whatever, that you know what, then they don't need to be in my, my life. Like I don't need to even put any more energy out there towards that entire circumstance, that entire situation or that person. But if they are understanding, if they are easy going and they talk about it and it works out, then great. Then that's someone I want in my life because the people I want in my life are people that I don't have to constantly, I mean, is that good for people out there listening? Like, is it good for you to constantly build, you know, um, circumstance upon circumstance upon circumstance and, and friendship that you have these weights that, that weigh you down where you can feel it? I mean, guys, I know if some of you are out there listening, if there's something happening right now, you're tense, you're tight. And you just feel awful in your stomach and just all those things. And it's an awful, awful feeling. But when you talk about it and you get it off, that stuff starts to lift. And the more you can do that and the more you can build that muscle, then the easier it gets. And it's never going to just go away. I, I still struggle from time to time. Don't get me wrong. But it definitely is so much easier. And I feel so much better on a daily basis because overall... There's typically none of those that exist for the most part. Every once in a while, something creeps up, and then for three or four days, instead of three or four months or three or four years or forever, it still maybe might be a few days, but then I, I do something about it, and then I take care of it and, then it, and then I can move on. And I think that's the biggest thing, you know, is that, that weight being lifted. And I, and I want everybody out there to be able to have that weight lifted because it's the greatest feeling. And believe me, I know where you're all coming from <laughs> when you have that, but it can be better. And, and I had one specifically, which is in the video, that I had somebody that I really wanted the friendship with. I really did. But there were some things in a positive way, I guess, but I was looking at them negatively, where we were actually too much alike. This guy had come into my life, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is like my twin. But I call it, you know, you know, everybody out there, that shiny object syndrome, or he called it popcorn, and it's like idea, 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 opportunity, 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 you know. And I had just kind of gotten over being that way. And then he popped in and it was it came up again. He had like a million ideas, a million opportunities, and a million directions. And I was like, we hung out for like four weeks. And then I started avoiding him. 
and I did it for like four months. And what did I always say? Oh man, I'm busy. Oh man, I'm busy. Oh geez, this. Oh, you know. And and then finally we we got together, and then I I looked and I said, okay, I gotta tell you this. I I haven't really been. I mean, it's it's it wasn't about being busy. And then I described the scenario, and he's like, oh my gosh, man. He's like. I don't want to lose my buddy. And, you know, and he was awesome about it. And then yeah. our friendship grew. And then right. he actually got more focused and clear. And so it was awesome. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's important to not avoid them um, as much as possible for so many reasons that I yeah, just Yeah, for sure. Described. And that's an awesome example, too. You know, I feel like he was a really big mirror for you, right? You yeah. know, you had, you had come out of that. And, and I think that that's, that's really awesome for sure. So, now I'd love to wrap up with some quick fire questions. Okay. You ready for them? It's possible. <laughs> okay, sounds good. So just say like the first thing that comes to mind. Oh man, I'm bad about that sometimes because I have so many <laughs> things that always come to mind, but go ahead. All you right. can do it. You can do All right. it. Let's do it. Confidence, right? Yes, confidence. <laughs> All right, favorite color? Favorite color, uh, blue. Favorite day of the week? Uh, honestly, I, every day. I don't, I don't, I don't ever know what day it is sometimes. So I don't look forward to Fridays or Mondays or anything. So I just like to rock every day. Nice. Huh. Favorite hour of the day? Oh, man. Uh, gosh, I mean, right now there is, I mean, I love my family and, and my girlfriend and everything, but I, I really, I really love that walk in the morning. I have my grandpa and I really get upset when I can't have it. So I, I love the morning time there. I love that. Favorite YouTube channel? Oh, I uh, I really love I love the stuff on Soul Pancake. So good, yeah. yeah. Favorite vegetable? Oh, I love. Um, well, there's multiple things. Uh, I love bananas. <laughs> Favorite fruit? I was gonna say, but that was bananas. Oh, yeah. You know what? And I might not know. You know, people find out with me sometimes. I don't know what certain things are. Or when you're asking me to think quickly. <laughs> I, this morning, real quick, I have to say this because I'm driving. With my girlfriend, and I said, I saw a white-headed hawk, and she says, you mean a bald eagle? <laughs> so I'm, I'm a little crazy sometimes, but uh, yeah, okay. Well, so I like bananas. I like oranges. I like applesauce. I, I'll just say some of those things because I, I like all that. So Nice. What does your favorite, if you could have a superhero power for a day, which one would it be? Oh, man. I asked actually people what people thought my superpower was uh, recently, but what would I like to have? Yeah, just um, for a day. You know, it's funny. I I think on some level, it. I, well, I'd like to fly. Actually, I'd like to be able to fly really quickly and get places really quickly, like teleportation or something. Actually, yeah, after I, after cool. I think about it, because there's so many people that are everywhere on the universe, I never get to give a big hair. Po- bear hug to excuse me uh, often enough so i'd love to just be able to go around giving some big bear hugs and high fives nice what is your favorite movie oh, one of my favorites uh well i love romantic comedies one that always comes to mind i, I do me love too. the princess bride um it's one of my my classics I, I love a lot but i'm a big romantic comedy guy so favorite book Book, I mean, honestly, I have a lot, but one that changed my life was the, well, in multiple ways, uh, the four-hour work week originally. Nice. So in 2010, what is yeah. the best advice you've ever received? Uh, one of the things that I, I live by that's helped a lot is um, the worst thing that's going to happen is you get a no, but you get a no when you don't ask, and at least when you ask, you have the opportunity for something good to happen. Mm, so good. I love that one. 
What are you doing in your life right now that you're afraid of, but you're doing anyways? How are you challenging yourself? Uh, I'm making a big shift because, I mean, uh, I'm making a big, big shift towards all the training, coaching, and inspiring and uh, building you know, business around that um, as opposed to having all my income coming from video production. So it's a, it's a, it's a crazy little twist, but uh, you know, I, I love it, and I, I just, I'm, I'm fired up about it. I know that I'm, I'm fearful. I know it will work. I kind of have that mindset. Like I said earlier, the biggest thing that's shifted is I, I know it will happen. Uh, it's just a matter of, of when um, you know, fully fully all be at fruition. I mean, I'm living it right now. I mean, I just started this thing called Geb's Juice. <laughs> People say they need to have some more Geb's Juice after they hang out with me sometimes. So they said they were looking forward to Wednesdays. I'm like, people need to look forward to more than just the Wednesdays. I hope they look forward to other days. But I brought out these little two-minute or last little uh, you know, daily inspirations. So I love that. Of, uh, yeah. It's awesome. Well, I'm so excited about all that you do. So I have one last question for you. Um, the name of my blog is The Wellness Wonderland, and I really think of it as a state of mind. But to you, what does living in a wellness wonderland mean to you? Oh, well, it, it, it truly is having, I mean, some of the things that we talked about today and that idea where you don't live with this weight and this stress and this tenseness and this being scared or fearful, but yet you live in that that joy and that happiness and that lightweightness where you just feel like you could float away sometimes and you really just love life and you live it passionately and um, you know and you're able to just interact with just awesome people like you know like we're doing today I and mean, this is just absolutely great I have a blast doing this and so just uh, just being able to inspire people and, and get up and just do what I love and not get up and, and be like oh gosh you right. know so yes I love that answer that's amazing Michael thank you so much for being here and can you just go ahead and let everyone know where to find you and kind of what's next for you I'll have all the links below but just generally appreciate it uh rock and roll well you know my big thing I'm sending everybody to right now uh is my YouTube channel uh youtube.com backslash Michael Gebbin and then uh, actually in the works a little bit is my michaelgebbin.com um and I'm gonna have everything you know, how's there, my little Geb's juice, my, um, my, uh, YouTube videos and everything, but I actually, I don't have that all. I mean, there's, there's, they're there, but it's not all how I'd like it to be. Of course, I say that. Maybe by the time this gets up, it'll be perfect. Yes. Perfect. Well, that's ever perfect, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy, but YouTube is really where I really want to direct people. That's, you know, in my little YouTube tip, it's like, that was one of the things I did. I just sent people to one single unison place for the last six months and it worked. So, so good. Uh, All that yeah. YouTube advice I especially appreciate, and I know everyone will as well. So thank you so much for being here. We'll have all those links below, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Have an amazing day. Thanks. Rock and roll. Michael, thank you. Thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end. I'll be back next week, but until then, let's stay inspired and keep this conversation going. So tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout and our guest with your aha moments from this conversation and like the wellness wonderland on Facebook so we can all hang out there and discuss how inspired we are and how we'll apply it in our daily lives and never miss another episode or post from me by signing up for email updates on the wellness see you back in wonderland <laughs>